Slavery is back. Welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labour force, yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which the Indigenous, the poor and the mentally ill are overrepresented. Where isolation, humiliation and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison. It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view. The people who work in the prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, you know, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio, 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doin' Time show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855am on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is Marissa and I'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening and a warning that there may be audio images of Torres Strait Islander peoples and Aboriginal people that have died. The topic today for the show is in regards to the... United Nations Committee Against Torture. And first up on the show, I'm going to be speaking with Brett Collins. And Brett will be speaking about a consultation that Justice Action had. Um, and it was in regards to the United Nations Convention Against Torture. And we'll be speaking with him about some of the things that were fed through the consultation. Um, in regards to prisoners and, and detainees. And then after that, we'll be speaking with Monique Hurley, who is a managing lawyer at the Human Rights Law Centre. And we'll be speaking with her about a joint media release with other organisations, and I'll talk about that in more detail later, about the Al- Albanese government um, ending torture and human rights abuses in prisons and police cells across Australia. And that's what the submission is about that the Human Rights Law Centre has sent. But in the meantime... Um, we're going to be speaking with Brett. Hello, Brett. Welcome to the program. Yes, good afternoon, Marissa. It's lovely to have you. Yeah, it's great to be here with you guys again. Now, the Coalition calls on the Committee into Australia's compliance with the Convention Against Torture um, to recommend that all levels of government ban barbaric use of solitary confinement, routine strip searching and spit hoods in places of detention. Now, I've given you that little bit of introduction, Brett, just to set a little bit of a scene and context with what's going on. And, and I'm reading actually from the Human Rights Law Centre media release, uh, and they've, they've sent a joint submission with other organisations. Can you talk about some of the things um, that you've been doing and Justice Action has been doing and talk about the consultation and just describe what the committee is? Uh, look, absolutely. The... I, I guess, I guess. Look, we've been around a long time. Justice Action sort of tracks its history right back to the beginning of the penal colony, right? <laughs> and um, yeah. so we always think in terms of uh, like we've got now. A, a finally, the United Nations is going to um, ensure that the uh, the right, the um, obligation for an inspection of places of detention, places of detention, which mean not just prisons but also psych institutions, so immigration det- um, detentions, juvenile justice and detention, all those areas, even um, senior citizens actually, um, some of those areas as well, uh, where people can't leave. Uh, they are the areas now that to be examined carefully. And um, and so Australia um, did sign the optional protocol, which requires uh, now every jurisdiction to have a, a way of inspecting places of detention. So this is a quite an exciting time because in six days, in fact, on the 16th of October, uh, a special delegation coming from Geneva will be coming into Australia and will be examining Particular places, and some, and in, in preparation for that, they had a had a Zoom meeting um, with um, civil society. Um, one of um, one group of whom was was ourselves, and we spoke with the SBT. So, what's the position of Justice Action in regards to, um, you know, being an anti-torture watchdog, for instance? 
Oh, look, you know, potentially this could be really important. I mean, what what we would expect is that uh, they would go in, they would lay down um, some ground rules, so um, and then they would make sure that each of the prison departments, corrective services, every jurisdiction would actually comply with those with those uh, standards. So we've spent quite some time. In fact, we were um, first engaged in this back in 2009. So what that's uh, 13 years ago, we were engaged in the original seminar um, where our um, civil society was able to then tell um, the group that came from Geneva uh, what what we thought was important and what expectations we as, um, as well, in fact, representing detainees, Justice Action was representing detainees at that original seminar, uh, what we expected um, to occur. And we laid down quite a few things. We said, well, now we are quite cynical about this. We've actually had a lot of inspectors and um, um, uh, and so official uh, visitors and and some uh, and ombudsmen are looking through the prisons and nothing has changed. So that something has to change. And and the the first change would be we should listen to the detainee voices themselves, not wait till every inspector comes through once every three months or six months and then have a report of um, that may or may not be a public report afterwards. Um, and what we should have is continual monitoring where where people the people in prison themselves the detainees have a continual conversation with the people who are inspecting. And so we put that forward as a document. And, um, and then when it came to the consultation that happened last, last uh, Tuesday night, there was a Zoom then with um, the uh, four members of, the, of the, uh, the inspection team coming in from Geneva, and we said to them very carefully, we had three or four minutes to talk, and we said to them very carefully, it is absolutely essential that the detainees themselves be notified that you're coming in. If you don't notify them, then you not be, you, first of all, you're not even paying them respect to, uh, to say that something is happening that affects them. You know, there's a right to be informed about things that, are, that affect you. And, and here's, here's this, um, the OPCAT group, the SPT, coming in internationally, uh, coming in to see what's happening in Australia, and you haven't yet told the detainees themselves that you're coming in. That's the first thing. They're, they have a right to be informed. And the second thing is, well, they may even have some ideas how you can prevent their being tortured, you know, bad treatment, ill treatment. They may even have some ideas as well. So the second thing. And the third thing is, well, you must respect the detainees' humanity. You must actually um, respect them as human beings and therefore talk with them. Don't act as though they're chickens in a hen house. No, 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 the human beings. And the last thing is, the fourth thing is that um, even the custodians themselves, the actual the guards, the prison officers, the screws, so they, they will see that a United Nations group is coming in and listening to the, to the detainees, and that's the best deterrence. So that's how you deter bad behaviour. And then you can also access um, from, from the computer tablets in several jurisdictions, you can actually then also communicate directly with the monitoring bodies. And these are things you should call for. So we said that quite carefully to them and followed up with a document. And they're still waiting for a result. Wow. So that so you did that when? It was this week, was it? We did this last last Tuesday. Last we Tuesday. We also, and we sent a submission to them quite carefully as well, saying, saying there are quite a few things you should look at. It's not good enough to just go in and look around and then sort of step back out again. No, you can't get away with that. Now, you're coming in now to Australia. We've actually been around a few years with the old convict colony, if you don't mind, and there are quite a few things we expect from you. So while you're here, first thing you need to do is listen listen to, to the detainees. And second and third, fourth things you have to do, first thing is, the second thing you have to do is you have to recognise that solitary confinement, which is used everywhere, used all over the place, even just as a, as a, a way in which you can quarantine against COVID, that that is a breach of OPCAT. That's a breach. To, for people unnecessarily to be separated from, from their supporters, we're wrong. And then, and then it's also wrong to strip search, strip search people, particularly women prisoners who've been subject to abuse. That's an abuse. That's a, that is unnes- causing unnecessary distress, which is torture. And, the, and the, the third thing we mentioned to them was forced medication. The use of forced medication when they come in, four nurses hold you down. Um, normally, sorry, six or eight nurses hold you down, and um, and then they inject you in the buttocks with a, with a, with a medication which makes you um, uh, become flaccid and then easy to manage. Now that is the uh, an absolutely appalling use of of uh, uh, abuse of health treatment, and we want that to be called out by OPCAT. As a, as a breach of OPCAT itself. So that's what we're looking for, and we put it to them very sternly, and we, we're following it through over the next few days. And so you're talking about the forced medication in mental health detainees and mental health facilities? 
No, not only that, because in fact, in, in, in many states and territories, including Victoria, they still retain a person inside the jail itself and actually can forcibly medicate them inside the jail. Is so that legal? That, uh, well, in, in, in Victoria, sorry, in Queensland, it's not. They move you into, into, into the health department. In New South Wales, they hold you still in the prison department and forcibly medicate you. And in Victoria, we understand they do that. They don't always move people to the Thomas Embling Hospital. They hold people still in Victorian prisons as well and forcibly medicate them. So they're actually breaches, breaches um, uh, of uh, the uh, the optional protocol as well. And we want them to call it out. We want them to say that this is a breach and must stop. That is a violation of human rights. And I'm really glad that Justice Action was able to construe that um, as as torture. Well, that's right. Look, on each one of these issues, we've made a point of doing some research, very significant research, and put together a paper. And then each paper on, on, on each one of those issues, strip searching of women prisons, particularly forced medication and solitary confinement, we then distributed the analysis to each of the uh, each of the um, jurisdictions where they have a monitoring body, right? And some have them, some haven't yet. And we've distributed to them and said, we want your support to call this out as a breach of the of the um, breach of human rights and a breach of OPCAT. And so we've had varying responses, a, a careful response in different states and territories. So when when does all this have to be looked at? I mean, when do, do the sub- submissions get um, commented upon by the UN? Well, look, the, the submissions have already gone into this group coming in from Geneva. Uh, they're actually coming into the group itself is coming in on the 16th of October. Now, we've actually said to them there are quite a few places that, which are areas of concern. We said some, some areas in Victoria, particularly areas where, where there, is, um, there is abuse, um, like the Dame Phyllis Frost um, uh, Centre for Strip Searching, we've identified that as a place. We actually did a consultation through the um, several Facebook pages um, uh, to ensure that we were listening to people from all around Australia, um, uh, friends of, uh, and families of people who were, who were locked up. And some, and so, and we then, after that, distilled the information and then identified certain places where we felt um, the the inspection team should go and and make a report. So, um, so that's been in, been in for a little while now, and we intend to make sure we stay very close um, to, to the to the inspection team to make sure we know what's going on and we'll commentate on it as as it goes on. Can this, are listeners able to access the justice action submission? I absolutely do. It's on our website. Uh, we've, um, we've it's a twelve-page submission, quite carefully prepared, and linking back to um, to work we've done in the past and the analysis of each one of those issues. Uh, but we think probably the most important is to make sure the issue of the the detainee voice gets out there, because without that happening, it means that uh, effectively there's a like almost a, um, a, a preparedness to turn your their back on the people who are actually in there, not to recognise their humanity, not to recognise they have a part to play, not even to recognise their right to know that they're coming in. That's all bad things. And um, and so uh, we intend to call that out as a primary issue. And then the detainees, detainees can talk about it themselves. They know best of all what's occurring. And finally, can you summarise the recommendations that you've put in the submission? Just yes, so that absolutely. listeners just have a bit more of a detailed idea. Is that all right? Yes, absolutely. Well, the submission itself is, uh, picks up the four issues. Picks up basically the the, uh, the right to detainee representation is the first thing. The detainee representation being told about it, what's about, what does OPCAT stand for, and what can they expect from from OPCAT. First thing. Second thing is an issue of solid confinement. Calling that out as a as causing unnecessary distress, which is the definition of, of torture, causing unnecessary distress, and um, and because in fact um, the reasons for solitary confinement can be easily dealt with in other ways. Right, that's a very important issue. And then forced medication, forced medication as a as an abuse, absolute abuse, appalling abuse, and for which there is no justification. And last of all, strip searching, particularly women prisoners who are subject to abuse. All those things we've identified as as four basic issues that should be dealt with by OPCAT, and they're carefully defined and the issues that on which they should act. Brett, thank you so much for coming onto the program. It's just really, I'm hoping that the UN will actually be powerful enough to do something about it. I mean, it seems to me that sometimes nothing's done. 
Yes, of course. And look, we we are um, uh, we've been around long enough to also be cynical that they can float in, talk to each other, talk to bureaucrats, all have a, a, a smarmy good time, and uh, at the end of all, um, uh, detainees not being affected at all. Well, we'll do our best to make sure that's not the case. And tell us the website that listeners can go on to. Okay, they go to www.justiceaction.org.au and it's all up there. In fact, our leading article is on is on OPCAT and they can get a sense of, um, of the analysis as well. We've very deliberately listened to people and, um, and we're putting, uh, putting it up there to make sure that, as I say, that, that the detainee voice is heard and, um, and this is a chance to amplify it and we intend to make sure that, that uh, their voices do get out there. Brett, you're a legend. Thanks so much. And um, I'm hoping that we, we talk to you back again soon. Lovely. Okay, thanks, Marissa. Thanks for the chance to speak. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. And that was Brett Collins from Justice Action speaking about a submission that Justice Action put forward to the UN in regards to the torture of um, of detainees and prisoners and feeding that through to the um, to the UN Committee Against Against Torture. In the lead-up to the state election, join the Homes Not Prisons campaign for street theatre, speeches from people with a lived experience of criminalisation and a rally demanding investment in Aboriginal community-controlled public housing for criminalised women and their families. 4pm on Friday 14th of October at Parliament Steps in Nam, Melbourne. Keep the pressure on. Fun communities, not prisons and police. Friday 14 October, 4pm, Parliament Steps. Homes Not Prisons is a 3CR supporter.
No crime, no time. Fix Victoria's bail laws now. Prisons are bursting at the seams with poor people. Istra Melbourne is calling on the Victorian government to release unsentenced people on remand from Victorian prisons. First Nations people are 3% of the population, yet represent 29% of the general prison population. 89% of First Nations women entering prison are unsentenced. Istra Melbourne is asking you to sign the No Crime, No Time petition, which can be found on Istra Melbourne's Facebook page. Indigenous Social Justice Association Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. And you're back with the Doing Time show, and it's approximately 4.22. And you just heard an interview previously with Brett Collins from Justice Action, and then after that you heard a song with by Archie Roach called Weeping in the Forest. And, of course... Well, we are still mourning um, the passing of, of Uncle Uncle Archie um, some weeks ago now. But pretty soon we're going to be doing an interview with Monique Hurley, who is the managing lawyer of the Human Rights Law Centre. And before we do the interview, I'll just give you some pre- preliminary material to listen to. So there's been a media release, and I st- talked briefly about that in the introduction. I just wanted to speak about it in a little bit more detail. So... Um, It's entitled Australia's Prisons Under Scrutiny by United Nations Anti-Torture Watchdog. And I'm hoping actually to bring you some more interviews with other organisations who have sent submissions to um, to the UN. But I'll just um, read out the introduction to the media release just to put things in context. In a joint submission to the United Nations Committee Against Torture, Change the Record, the National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Legal Services and the Human Rights Law Centre, they call on the Albanese government to end torture and human rights abuses in prisons and police cells across Australia. The Coalition calls on the Committee into Australia's compliance with the Convention Against Torture to recommend that all levels of government ban the barbaric use of solitary confinement, routine strip searching and spit hoards in places of detention across Australia, repeal dangerous and discriminatory bail laws and raise the minimum age of criminal responsibility from 10 to at least 14 years old. And then there, below that, there's, a, there's quite a few quotes from the organisations that I've just mentioned. And we'll be speaking to Monique very soon to, um, to talk about some of those things. And as I've been reading the media release, I have it, it, it certainly um, one of the things that the Do and Time show has done over many years now is to really scrutinise all that and to do many, many interviews on those topics that I've just mentioned and, you know, it's really fantastic that, you know, the UN is, is coming in, but how much it will change. And, and I'm hoping that we can, we can do that, particularly also in regards to 
Aboriginal deaths in custody. So, yeah, while we before we get Monique on the line, um, I might just go to a few I will go to a, a, sorry, I will go to a few announcements, and um, and we'll go from there. No crime. Trivia's back, baby. Dunby Law's legendary trivia night returns Friday the 21st of October at Collingwood Town Hall. Expect an evening of sparkling wit, cunning competition, and of course, the glorious glory of sweet, sweet victory. Will it be yours? You'll have to come along to find out. Is this your first year? Welcome. You might just be the best among us, but you'll have to strut your stuff to prove it. Let's get together to raise much-needed funds for the incredible 3CR Community Radio. 3CR is 100% community-controlled and relies on annual fundraising to keep its amazing local content on air. Book individually or register a team of up to 10 people for Done By Law's Trivia Night. Tickets available online. Follow the links from the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au. We need the end to the war in this country and the only way we can do that is through a peace treaty. Not the one you see in Victoria, not the one you see in Queensland, not the one you see in the Northern Territory because they talk treaty and still lock our people up, they still kill our people. They still desecrate our land and our water. A treaty means peace. A treaty means equality. And a treaty means justice. Thank you. You're listening to Radical Radio on 3CR. 855 on your AM dial, 3CR digital, and podcasting and streaming on 3cr.org.au. If you've just tuned into the doing into three CR, this is the doing time show, and it's approximately four twenty-seven, and we're going to be speaking pretty soon with Monique Hurley, managing lawyer of the Human Rights Law Centre, in regards to the consultation with the UN. And I just gave a bit of an intro earlier on. Hello, Monique. Welcome to the program. Hi, Marissa. How are you? It's lovely to have you, and you're in Alice Springs. I am in Alice Springs, so thank you for um, helping me navigate the time difference. <laughs> now, there's been a joint media release, hasn't there, with a number of organisations um, in regards to the in regards to torture, and and I believe this is in regards to the committee against torture um, with the UN. Is that right? Yes. So there's a lot going on in terms of. Um, the United Nations and different kind of parts of the UN having a look at Australia at the moment and shining a spotlight on what's going on in prisons in Australia. And so you're right. Um, In a joint submission that the Human Rights Law Centre did alongside the Change the Record Coalition and the National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Legal Services, so the NATSALs, Um, we have written to what's called the United Nations Committee Against Torture, which is the committee who oversee um, countries' compliance with the Convention Against Torture, um, which is basically the international treaty that Australia has signed up to to um, say that they won't um, allow torture or other inhuman or degrading treatment in prisons and other places of detention. Absolutely. And what sorts of things does the submission talk about? So the submission canvasses a lot of um, a lot of mistreatment that's happening behind bars um, in prisons and police cells across Australia. 
um, with a focus on kind of the the kind of the key issue before you even get to kind of abuse behind bars is the fact that so many people are being pipelined into prisons in the first place and we have really what what I would call a, a mass imprisonment crisis in Australia where too many people are being funneled into prisons and then human rights abuses are being allowed to thrive in the darkness um, behind prison walls. And so um, we think that a lot of work should be done and that the UN should, you know, point out that it's really critical to reduce the number of people going into prison and two ways that they could do that really quickly would be to repeal dangerous and discriminatory bail laws around the country that are, you know, forcing a lot of people into prison um, in pre-trial detention on remand and also raising the minimum age of criminal responsibility from 10 to at least 14 years old to really reduce the number of children becoming entrapped in the claws of the criminal legal system. Absolutely. And in fact, the Do and Time show has actually done extensive work um, with many, many organisations to to look at all those topics, including the Human Rights Law Centre. You've been on a couple of times with um, some of your colleagues. Yes, no, we're always really um, grateful for you to have us on. It's a privilege to chat. It's lovely to have you. So the United Nations upcoming review of Australia, would you say that that's going to shine the international spotlight on the human rights abuses permitted in prisons across the country? Yes, that's definitely a big part of the point of the whole process. Um, And so shining a spotlight on things like um, the mass imprisonment crisis and then also the things that, um, you know, that governments allow to happen in prisons, so things like um, the archaic ongoing use of solitary confinement, routine strip searching of men, women and children in prisons, the use of um, spit hoods in police and prison cells, Um, they're all things that um, the Committee Against Torture should definitely look at and hopefully will make um, some really clear recommendations to governments across Australia to ban those really barbaric practices. How does one do that in the context of colonisation and the fact that that a lot of these, these measures and strategies, they're meant to be apparently punitive and, and for rehab, according to some uh, governments? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that um, part of where this is all um, hopefully going is to, to recognise a bit more that... Um, that prisons are institutions that are really born out of invasion and colonisation and that we need to really move away from this focus that governments have or, you know, obsession in some places with prisons as the solution to all of the problems. Um, The evidence is mounting in Australia and overseas that prisons don't work if you accept that they are, you know, supposed Mm. to perform some kind of rehabilitative function um, and that overwhelmingly the people that are, you know, pushed into those places and punished are people, um, you know, from marginalised communities, people who are are targeted by discriminatory policing, um, like Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, people experiencing poverty victim survivors of family violence, you know, people who have health issues and experience dependency um, and really, yeah, getting the UN to engage with that and trying to shift away from this kind of really limiting thinking around prisons as the catch-all to all, you know, social problems and you know, embarking on that reimagination exercise that, um, you know, the great abolitionist thinkers um, talk about in terms of what a, what a better future and a safer future for everybody can look like. Thank you for, for letting us know about that, Monique, because it really is important to have real-life ex- examples. Like, for example, with um, Veronica Nelson, wasn't she locked up behind bars and there were problems there? The Aboriginal woman that died in custody there in Victoria. Yeah, and so Veronica Nelson did um, die in custody and the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service has been um, representing her partner um, in the coronial inquest into her death and she was, yeah, really tragically and horrifically locked up for really minor level offending and denied bail because of the 
how the reverse owners provisions in the Victorian bail laws operate um, and then, yeah, really treated horrifically while she was detained at the Dame Phyllis Frost Women's Prison and and died in that um, that really awful place. Um, and, yeah, I think the findings for that coronial inquest will come out um, later this year and hopefully that'll be an opportunity for the Andrews government to take some long overdue action on um, fixing, fixing Victoria's bail laws that were yeah, had a really significant impact on Veronica Nelson and, yeah, the horrific circumstances of her passing. Very horrific. I find it interesting that the the federal Albanese government, or indeed the federal government as a whole, successive ones as well, I just wanted to clarify, has the UN's anti-torture protocol been ratified? Yes, it's been ratified by Australia, and so um, that applies at a federal level and at a state and territory level. Um, And so when the focus of my work is on criminal legal system reform, um, and so that tends to be... um, something that's within the, the scope of the, the states and territories in terms of they're the ones that set their own criminal laws. But um, it's also relevant for the federal government because there's a role for them to play in taking leadership on a lot of these issues. Um, and we've been calling on the um, the kind of newly elected or not so newly elected, but relatively newly elected <laughs> Albanese government to, to really lead the way on raising the age of criminal responsibility and also on... Um, the implementation of the UN's anti-torture protocol, um, which is OPCAT. Okay. Because, you know, I was just having a look at this the, the media release and, and I believe that the, the coalition in this media release feels that little progress has been made towards implement, implementation in Victoria and New South Wales and that the committee should recommend that those governments take urgent action to implement the treaty. Can you talk about that? So that's in relation to the optional protocol to the Convention Against Torture and that's what um, the acronym OPCAT stands for and that's specifically about setting up independent um, oversight and monitoring of places of detention and that includes um, prisons and police cells. And so, yeah, the Australian government ratified that um, back in 2017 um, and there's been a few extensions granted by the UN in terms of... um, Australia's, yeah, we've been getting more and more time to implement it because of um, lack of progress. And so January 2023 now looms large as the current deadline for implementation of that. But as you point out, alarmingly little process has been made, alarmingly little progress has been made towards implementing Mm. that in Victoria and New South Wales in particular. Absolutely. And Monique, you've, you've given a really concise overview and I'm so glad that you've been able to really... Um, unpack the definitions because a lot of people don't really understand what what the UN is. I mean, you, you talk about the UN as this very powerful body, but really, you know, more needs to be done. Yeah, a lot more needs to be done and it's really about act, taking action here and, you know, the, the United Nations can um, can make recommendations and point out really problematic things that are happening here, but it's really about state and territory governments and the federal government here in Australia taking action to um, to make these things a reality, um, a long overdue reality. Exactly. And it's fantastic that you, that, you know, that the Human Rights Law Centre has been able to um, get, work, work with Change the Record and the other Aboriginal organisation as well. Yes, yeah, so we, um, yeah, a lot of our work, um, most of our work is done in partnership with Aboriginal community controlled mm. organisations and Change the Record and the Natsals do really um, terrific and impactful work um, and, yeah, always keen to support support everything that they're involved in. The other final thing that I'm interested in, I was wondering if you could quickly comment on this, Monique. I'm conscious that, you know, you, we've all got limited time. But, you know, I'm just having a look here. So the submission responds to Australia's state party report 
dated the 16th of January 2019 that is due to be considered by the committee during the treaty body's upcoming um, session running from 31st October 2022. And then there's some dates listed after that. Can you explain that? That's a great question, Marissa. (laughs) So, yes, UN mechanisms are, like, notoriously very complicated and a little bit um, convoluted in how they operate. But basically, countries get reviewed. If if they've signed up for the treaty and they um, have ratified it, they get reviewed in cycles. And so every so often, Australia will get reviewed for its compliance with the Convention Convention Against Torture. Um, And this current reporting cycle, the dates that you pointed out... um, yeah, Australia's State Party report dated the 16th of January 2019 and Australia was due to be um, reviewed much earlier than now, but it all got um, delayed and postponed because of COVID um, and a lot of the work of the UN was suspended during that period of time. And so we're at the point in the process where um, the Australian government submitted that report back in January 2019 and that's the report that the committee is going to have a look at and interrogate and ask the Australian government questions about and there's an opportunity for civil society and so um, organisations like the Human Rights Law Centre, Change the Record and the NATSALS to kind of provide feedback on that report and so that's what our submission um, has done. It's looked at that Australia State Party report and said you know, these are all of the things that we think are potentially misleading or incorrect or out of date or wrong. Um, And so the UN will have that in front of them to compare it to the State Party report um, later in the year um, in November when they review Australia. It's it's very interesting, isn't it, Monique, that, you know, it's quite embarrassing really that, that Australia is really quite, quite instrumental in in violating a, a lot of human rights. Yeah, I think it's really shocking that it's 2022 and there's still, you know, people being tortured in solitary confinement, women being routinely stripped of their dignity, and that we live in a country where children as young as 10 can be locked up in prison and police cells. It's really, um, it's, it's hard to believe that that's, you know, the world that we accept. Um, and so... It's really, hopefully this is an opportunity, as you said earlier, for the UN to shine the international spotlight on the Australian government and governments at all levels that they're, that they're allowing this to happen and hopefully that will prompt some change. I was just talking to Brett Collins from Justice Action earlier on during my first interview and he was mentioning that um, Justice Action had written a submission and talked about COVID-19 and how um, a lot of prisoners were being separated and placed into lockdown and that they saw that as torture. Yeah, I think that COVID has really, um, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic at its height and in its kind of ongoing um, kind of never-ending status that we find ourselves in is having real implications for people in prison that a lot of governments kind of treat as out of sight, out of mind, Um because definitely the conditions in prisons have deteriorated as a result of the pandemic and particularly around, you know, solitary confinement in certain circumstances amounts to torture. And if if people are being detained in those conditions in Australian prisons, then it's, then it's torture and it shouldn't be allowed. And it's, um, you know, the impacts of solitary confinement on people is really well documented and it can have really irreparable um, impacts on people after, you know, one day. So it's really, it's great that Justice Action are doing that work and bringing that to to the UN's attention. Monique, thank you so much for coming onto the program. Are there any final comments that you wanted to make? I mean, maybe you could, even if you wanted to, you could just um, give listeners the link to the report. So, yes, um, the submission that the Human Rights Law Centre did with Change the Record and the Natsals is on the Human Rights Law Centre website. And so if you Google hrlc.org.au, um, it will come up on the, the homepage. Um, and, yeah, I think just to, to recap the kind of key things that we want, um, the, conven- the Committee Against Torture to, to really look at and to recommend that all levels of government do is to 
ban solitary confinement, routine strip searching, use of spit hoods and other cruel and degrading treatment in prisons to recommend that governments across Australia repeal dangerous and discriminatory bail laws um, and that governments across Australia also raise the minimum age of criminal responsibility from 10 to at least 14 years old. Monique, thanks so much Um, and we'll be looking forward to having you back as as, um, for future updates. Thank you so much for having me, Marissa. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that was... My name is Todd Fernando. I'm the Victorian Commissioner for LGBTIQ plus communities and you're listening to 3CR. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we had a bit of a technical difficulty there. That's okay. It's approximately 4.45 and you were listening to an interview with Monique Hurley, Managing Lawyer of the Human Rights Law Centre. And she was speaking quite a lot about the UN and the fact that there's been a, a number of consultations in regards to human rights abuses in prisons across Australia. And so, yeah, she's recapped quite a lot about the submission. Do take a look at it. It's it's really informative. And um, and in the meantime, you know, really have a think about some of, some of the topics um, that, that have come up today. And indeed, I'm hoping, as I said earlier on, to interview lots and lots of other organisations and possibly, well, not possibly, I think I'm even going to have a look at some of the lived experience of prison and, and refugees and, you know, have a look and see what they think about the whole um, situation. It's approximately 4.46 and I think I'm actually going to be going into a song and this song is by Emma Donovan and she's a a lovely um, Aboriginal musician. I'm in no place to judge you girl when you come through my door you got a friend an open heart Get a friend A friend you can call Don't forget when you're down And in darkness I can pick you up In the hardest Said I'll be there for you And I'll be the one To help you through If you shame I can see it in your face I've been there And I know that place So pick up your lid Take a lift Keep your head up, feel the love Take, take a lift from me, girl Keep, keep me in your reach, girl Take, take a lift from me, girl Keep, keep me in your reach, girl When you're down and in darkness I can pick you up in the hardest Said I'll be there for you And I'll be the one to help pull you through Don't feel shame, I can see it in your face I've been there and I know that place So pick up your lip, take a lip, girl Keep your head up, feel the love Take, take a lip from me
this is the Doing Time show, 3CR. It's approximately 4.50. And you just heard a song by Emma Donovan, and I believe it's called Reach Out. And we're nearing the end of our show. I just wanted to read out a very quick media release. And it's very recent. It was actually issued, I think, on the 10th of October 2022. And it's entitled Time to End Police Investigating Police, Joint Call for a Police Ombudsman. The Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service, VELS, the Police Accountability Project and other community legal centres and Aboriginal organisations have called on Premier Daniel Andrews to overhaul the state's failed police oversight system with the introduction of a police ombudsman. VELS and the Police Accountability Project are part of a coalition of lawyers, non-profit organisations and legal centres who represent and work with people who have been subject to police harm in Victoria. The Coalition has sent an urgent open letter to Victorian Premier Premier Daniel Andrews that outlines deficiencies with the handling of police complaints and calls for action. Police investigating police simply doesn't work for Aboriginal people. When Victoria Police investigate complaints from Aboriginal people, IBAC found that more than half the time they ignore relevant evidence, said Narita Waite, CEO of VELS. Aboriginal people are more likely to suffer police misconduct but less likely to make a complaint. Our community knows that the system doesn't take their complaints seriously. When Aboriginal people suffer police misconduct with no accountability, the trauma of that experience can disrupt their lives and leave them needing other support. That's why six Aboriginal community-controlled organisations have signed onto this letter. Aboriginal people are more likely to experience serious police misconduct. The independent broad-based anti-corruption commission, IBAC, recent report into complaints made by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people found that over half of the investigations failed to collect or consider relevant evidence. It also showed conflicts of interest, um, conflicts of interest were identified on 84% of files, and half of these conflicts were not managed appropriately. 73% of Aboriginal people who made complaints were not updated on the investigation. The systemic failings of Victoria Police have seriously diminished the Victorian community's confidence in police, including the use of barrister Nicola Gobbo as a police informant, the death of Yota Yota woman Tanya Day in custody, the assault of a disability pensioner by officers, the force's botched 2019 raid on the Hares and Hyenas bookshop and its 2017 raid and inflation nightclub. Gregor Husper, Inner Melbourne Community Legal's Police Accountability Principal Solicitor, said investigations into police complaints require different powers and skills to that of the corruption watchdog. A police ombudsman in Victoria is the only viable solution to ensure there is an independent and proper investigation into all complaints about police misconduct, systemic failings and processes. It's time for Victoria Police to be held accountable for any misconduct, Mr Husper said. IBAC has the power to investigate complaints of police misconduct, but the corruption watchdog only has capacity to probe around 1% of these complaints. The IBAC commissioner has admitted that even with more funding, IBAC could only investigate up to 5% of police complaints. Narita Waite added, Years of experience have confirmed what common sense could tell you. When police investigate themselves, complaints aren't seriously investigated and officers routinely get away with misconduct. The government must establish an independent police oversight body to independently investigate all complaints. Police have significant powers. They carry and use guns, tasers, pepper spray and batons. Officers can stop and search people on the street and can enter a person's home, arrest and detain people. There must be accountability. We are gravely concerned the status quo will allow police misconduct to continue unchecked. And there's actually... um, a letter, an open letter that's written. If you wanted to Google the the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service and, and have a look at that. And I'll, I'll just um, 
give you a little bit of background. Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service provides free legal advice and representation of Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people, Islander people in Victoria. And Inner Melbourne Community Legal works for inclusive and safe communities and the full realisation of human rights, which includes advocating for systemic change in many, many areas, including police accountability. So I'm hoping to actually do an interview on that sometime soon, but I did want to give listeners some background as to what will actually be coming up in the next couple of shows. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from Marissa. And we're going to be going out now with our theme song, Black Fella, White Fella by the Rumpy Band. And I just wanted to to tell you to stay safe and look after each other. And stand by and take care. Bye. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.